Welcome to the Dr. B Show, sponsored by 111 Spa and Aesthetics. For season one, I'm speaking with Hispanic professionals and leaders in HR and business, all with the purpose of giving back to our communities. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, this is Dr. Hiro Borja, and welcome to the series premiere, the season premiere of the Dr. B Show. I am your host, Dr. B, Dr. Hiro Borja, and in this first episode, we talk with J.W. Cortez, actor who was Alvarez on the show Gotham on Fox, his upbringings, his life as a Marine, and also his time that he puts into philanthropy. So I appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy. All right, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Dr. B Show. I'm your host, Dr. B, Dr. Jairo Borja. I have a very special guest, and it's Senor J.W. Cortez. J.W., how are you, sir? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me, doctor. Ah, it's, uh, it's an honor. It's an honor to have you, man. So let's get right to it, man. So tell me about your time growing up in Sunset Park in Brooklyn. Did you play any sports growing up? What were some of your favorite teams? As well. Oh, um, let's answer those in reverse order. So I'm a diehard Yankee fan. No, um, it's over. Yeah, I'm a Mets yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Yeah, my favorite player was a guy named Don Mattingly, number 23, the Mr. first baseman of the New York Yankees. Yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah, I grew up in uh, Sunset Park, Brooklyn, you know, during the, um, the 80s and 90s. And Brooklyn, Sunset Park in particular, was an interesting area because it, it was like um, little Puerto Rico, and then it became a mesh of little Puerto Rico and little Dominican Republic. And that's kind of sort of how my upbringing was, was colored, you know. Right. It, it was painted with these beautiful strokes of right. Latin food, Latin music, exactly. the culture. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 that, was, that was the beautiful parts of it. Obviously, Central Park was not um was not exempt from all of the crime that right. had infested new york city and so yeah we suffered a great deal actually at the hands of the crack and aids epidemic yeah in the 80s yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so that was that was a lot of my upbringing i'm born and raised in two amazing proud Puerto Rican parents who awesome. really instilled in me the love of culture and, and of, of our heritage. And even more so importantly, I think our, our, our contributions to this country, yeah. you know, we should never feel like we don't belong because we've made the ultimate sacrifices as a people. And so right. that was important for my parents. Absolutely. And then playing sports, what did you play growing up? Did you play any sports at all? So growing up, you know, in, 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 in uh, urban environment, we didn't have access to certain things. Right. And so we may do so really popular on my block was baseball, wiffle ball. Yeah. Um, basketball was, was tremendous. Yeah. Games, the three on three pickup games were like, championship games every night you know you don't exactly lose. you know exactly you don't want to come off the court you exactly know? you lose i remember you you win you stay in court you lose you're out you never wanted to you're come out. Court, right? yeah you never want to come off and you got like yeah. how many guys got next and it's like you know 10 guys like oh now we're gonna get back <laughs> and football and football two-hand touch you know was, was, was a two-hand touch or like us like the hard two-hand touch like almost like hard <laughs> 
Yeah, and then we would play <laughs> sewer cap to sewer cap. You know, yeah, that was, yep, that was yep, the, the field. And, exactly. And if, and if cars were coming down the block, sometimes, you know, you got to hold on, man. Exactly. You got to just wait. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is for game. <laughs> Delay game, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's those a, were those that's were the sports. A, awesome, my brother. Awesome, man. Tell me about your time uh, in the Marine Corps. Um, what And now from those experiences in the Marine Corps, how do you apply those to your everyday life today? I guess it's a two-part question. Yeah, so I spent uh, nearly 13 years of my life in the Marine Corps. I joined the Marines right after high school because, to be very honest with you, I I was a knucklehead. You know, mm-hmm. I was being led astray by right. an older brother who uh, was really involved in some pretty horrific things. And right. at the at the behest of my parents, especially my mom, who would just you know cry to me, say, "Listen, you know, what are you doing?" You're right. going on the wrong path, right. you know, and, and I, as much as I thought I was ready for college, I don't think I would have been successful because I lacked the discipline, you know, right. and um, so I, I thought the Marines would kind of shape me up and just for a few years, but I wound up loving it, and uh, I got to serve in a lot of different places and see a lot of the world and live in a lot of different countries, and so that really opened up my eyes, you know, and Right. In 2003, I was part of what was known as the invasion of Iraq, yeah. and um, that changed my life. You know, yeah. it it completely changed my life on yeah. so many different levels. Yeah. In some ways, not so good, but in other ways, very good. Right. Because it it, I guess, someone who maybe beats cancer or someone who's in a really horrific car accident and walks away from it, right? When they should have been dead. That's how kind of how I felt. Right. And so with that, with that recalibrated vision, I said to myself, "No se tan pendejo. If right. you have dreams, right. now is the time to do something about it. Stop thinking about it. Stop per- procrastinating. Right. Procrastination is the root of all evil, by the way." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, I I um, I learned a lot. I experienced a lot. I got to lead troops in in the theater of combat. Mm-hmm. And um, to answer the second part of your your question, you know, everything that I've been able to do in my life since that moment has been in large part because of what I learned in the Marine Corps. So number one is discipline. Discipline has a lot of negative connotations to it for a lot of people. They hear the word discipline, they think of being disciplined as a child. Yeah. They think of like the drill instructor yelling at you. Mm-hmm. But really, discipline can become your best friend, mm-hmm. and what it can do is it can equate to freedom, right? Freedom. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You, stop, you stop procrastinating, you stop with the excuses, you stop carrying on your back and in your mind these heavy burdens yeah. that we're always so guilty of, and you release them by attacking them and making them your friend, and that gives us thus the freedom. And so discipline, which I learned in the Marine Corps, number two, is, is you're never out of the fight. Yeah. Marine Corps always says, if you're still breathing, you have a chance to win this fight. You find yeah. a way, whether it be clawing, throwing sand. I mean, you yeah. name it. You pick up a chancleta. Exactly. You, <laughs> exactly. Right? I, what, that pilon. You see that pilon? <laughs> exactly. There? I see. I see the pilon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, whatever it takes. Exactly. Find a way to win, and that's also things that you learn in the marine in the Marines, and um, you know, and then, and then to be a critical thinker, 
you know, think outside the box. Um, I think those, a combination, a, you know, uh, a Santocho, if you would, exactly. of those types of things <laughs> exactly. have, have allowed me to, to find the successes that I've had. That's good, man. Thank you for your service, man. I never, I didn't before or anything else. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. You That's have no awesome. idea. Thanks, man. Thank you. Great, great answer. Um, so I read your IMDB. Uh, tell us how you got into acting, one and two. How did you learn the roles out of this on Gotham? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting. So in 2003, we are told we're going to go into Vader Rock. And yeah. um, we land... We land in Kuwait. Kuwait is considered, quote unquote, like the neutral place that we're going to land in. And then we won't see action until we cross what's known as the LOD, line of departure, okay. into Iraq. So once we cross the LOD, it's game on. Right. Well, the second we landed in Kuwait, um, literally within moments, we came under a very heavy, heavy attack of Scud missiles. Mm -hmm. Saddam Hussein... I guess in his own right mind, said, if I can stop them from coming into my country, if I can mitigate that, then we'll be all right. right. So he started to lob these huge uh, rockets at us. And that's the first time that I said, wow, this is real. And number two, this is going to end. And so, you know, the term that your life flashes before your eyes. Well, that's what happened to me. My life flashed before my eyes. And I thought of everything. I thought about mommy and poppy and yeah. my brothers. Yeah. And I thought about this kid who really loved to act and sing in high school, but never did anything about it. Right. It was at that moment that I just, I felt like a sangano because I had taken yeah. life for granted. Yeah. And I just made a decision. I said, I'm never, ever going to allow myself to feel this way again. I mean, right. ever. Right. So that was the, you know, the, uh, the impetus, right? The, the exactly. onus was on me to start, you know, doing something. And I, I started to, um, I came home, I settled down, I met someone and uh, I got a full-time job and I started to very quietly go to these acting classes. <laughs> I was the oldest guy in the room. I thought I had missed the boat. I'm like, what am I doing here? Right. Way better looking, younger, right. really right. talented. Right. The Marine in me was like, you can't quit. Never quit, right? You're not out of the fight. Never out of the fight, exactly. So, so here I am. I'm, I'm going to acting school, and then I started to go on auditions. And every once in a while, I would get lucky with like little tiny things, you know, saying one word or one line. Exactly. And eventually, you know, the more you do, the better you get. I, um, I landed a couple roles and then it led me to landing my first recurring character role. Mm -hmm. I became the first human to play this comic book character named Detective Carlos Alvarez on the Fox primetime hit series Gotham. Wow, that's amazing. That's, amazing. that's a long answer, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's all right, I know. So take your breath, you have your breath. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So what did you like most about your time on, on the set uh, and, and your experience from Gotham? Gotham was great. Uh, the people, uh, yeah. the people, the people and the fans is just incredible. But the people that you never see, you know, the people behind the camera, the uh, assistant camera operators, the gaffers, the grippers, the, the guests, every, almost every episode always had a guest uh, director who would yeah. come in and, and do his or her thing. And it's always great to be, for me, I love working with creative people. 
You right. know, it's a certain language, a certain vibe to it. I love, love, love that. And that's what I miss is, is seeing their faces and just being creative, you know, trying things, uh, playing, you know. Right. Things. And, uh, yeah. What you uh... – what was your biggest takeaway from being on the show, uh, you know, going forward? I, I guess now that you, that was your first recurring role, like what did you learn from that that now could help you towards the next role? I think, I think as an actor, one of the things I, I was surprised to learn is how little rehearsal time goes into to it, you know. Uh, right. I guess once you're at that level, you're considered a professional actor, you know, right. you're being paid. And they expect you to come ready to play, not discover, not like when you're in acting school or doing a play, doing right. a play you rehearse for a certain uh, yep. weeks and you're experimenting things. When you're working on a TV show, you're expected to come ready to do what you do and then we'll see from there. And sometimes we would rehearse literally as the camera was being set up. Right. I'd run some lines with Gordon. Right. And uh, we would do our thing. And, and that was definitely something new. Number two, nobody ever really talked about their method. You know? right. I thought we would have this, this jargon, this going exactly. back and forth. You know, like, hey, what do you do? Well, I'm Stamilovsky. I'm a method actor. <laughs> uh, they don't talk about that. You know? Not at all. Not at all. Right? Not at all. <laughs> so that, that was that one thing. Number two, you know, trust having trust and confidence is probably two of the most important things that an actor can bring to the, to, to, to the work for themselves. Right. If you have no confidence, man, you're in, you're in deep, deep waters. Right. And, uh, it's probably not going to go well. So having confidence, you know, fake it till you make it. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, At least you admit it. <laughs> yeah. It's very important. Very yeah. important. But the biggest takeaway too is, is the, the impact that you can have on, on people's lives. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I was working in New York City in my regular job and somebody would walk past me and they and I'd see it and they'd have like a moment and they'd come back and they'd go, Alvarez. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, JW. They're like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Right. And so I, that's a moment right there, especially with the person who's young. You right. Know, you can say something that, Ten years from now, they'd be like, "Listen, that day I met you in New York." Exactly, exactly. You changed my life. Right. So that's really powerful and really special. That's awesome. Hi, Doctor B here. Are you struggling to get rid of stubborn fat but don't want to have plastic surgery? One Eleven Spa and Aesthetics non-invasive slimming massage can help you get the body you always wanted. One Eleven Spa and Aesthetics can also help you when it comes to cellulite treatments and body contouring massage. 111 Spa and Aesthetics offers a full range of skincare services, including facials, acne, scar treatments, skin tightening, microdermaspiration, and more. 111 Spa and Aesthetics are trained professionals with extensive skincare experience and utilize only the best equipment possible. For more information, please visit their website at www.111aesthetics.com. That's one O N E eleven. E-L-E-V-E-N, SpaAesthetics.com, located at 10 East Munaki Road in Hackensack, New Jersey, 07601. And to make an appointment, don't miss out, 201-520-1777, 201-520-1777.
111 Spa Anesthetics. How did it work between your employment and then with acting? Did you, did you have to take time off? Did you have to kind of work around your schedule? How did that, how did that work? I, I always wanted to ask you that, man. Yeah, so being a full-time police officer in New York and a father, and a husband, and an actor, yeah, time management skills have to be yeah. on point. Absolutely. So the show never accommodated around my work schedule. Right. So I had to make it work. I had to figure it out. So what I would do is sometimes I'd work with, uh, so I have a really great schedule because I've been on the job for so many years in sure. seniority. Sure. So some of the rookies would have to work every weekend, but my show doesn't tape on the weekends. It tapes during the weekdays. So oh. I would offer a young guy like, Hey, um, Hey John, you, you want to go out Friday night with your boys? I'll work it for you. So you can go out. And they're right. like, what? <laughs> Serious? I'm like, yeah, no, just, you know, you're a great guy, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, wink, wink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. You know, I was able to do that, and then sometimes I just worked out with my schedule that I didn't have to, or if I had to travel to LA, then just had to be creative with it. You know. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you would leave and come back, right? And then be be at your post right i'm right on time right for whatever it was right friday whatever. nothing nothing more hum <laughs> two things are nothing is more humbling than number one yeah going back to work in a foot post exactly and, and having somebody curse you out you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm like you know who i am i like yeah you don't care okay. uh, or coming home after like walking a red carpet premiere or something exactly. And exactly. my wife telling me are you done playing the kids need a bath and the garbage needs to be taken out. Exactly. But, but, but. Exactly. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, so uh, what projects are you working on, um, whether it's acting or just in business in general? I know we had a light, try to lightly conversations, you know, a couple of during the grand opening of that bank uh, here in Jersey. What are you working on now at this time? Um, creatively. There's a new single that just dropped. Sony just dropped a remix of a really popular country record. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's called Homesick. Okay. It's by a young man who's widely successful, a huge superstar. His name is Kane Brown. And so they wanted to do a remix of the song, so I was invited to sing on it. And, okay. Uh, who would have thought a kid from Brooklyn would be singing on a huge country record? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so Homesick. And what's cool is that every time that it plays or streams, they're going to go ahead and donate one bag with up of Crown Royal liquors to uh, our central and critical of military families. So they're going to do a million bags this year. Wow. Um, so that's cool. Um, I was about to do a major feature film, and because of COVID, right, it hasn't happened. And hasn't I'm happened, hoping yeah. at some point, either within this year or maybe even longer, right, um, we'll get back to it. But yeah, that's, that's on the downside. Okay. Uh, as far as business goes, now that I'm closer to retirement, you know, um, Personally, I'm just looking at some real estate options. Okay. Real estate it seems to be where I need to focus on. Yeah. I started a clothing line okay. based on my love of silverbacks. Okay. My favorite animal. Okay. It's called Silverback Spirit. This is okay. a gym apparel line. It's yep. pretty well. Okay. Good. Good. Good stuff, man. 
Good. You gotta give, give me the give us the information at the end as far as where to find the stuff. You know. Um, sure. Yeah, man. Uh, what do you uh, advice would you give aspiring Latinos either trying to break into acting and or starting their today as a two part question? Yeah. I, well, what I always say is success always leaves clues. Right. Find those people that you think are wildly successful. Mm-hmm. Study them, research them, use Google, find yeah. out what were right. some of their trials and tribulations. Yeah. You'll find that they leave clues. Okay. Sometimes we don't have to always reinvent the wheel. We just Agreed. have to simply pay attention. Right. One. Number two, you have to learn and study your craft mm-hmm. and become so passionate. Now, the word passionate here is, is key because passionate can be interchanged with obsessed. Yeah. Some people may look at me and say, "JW, you're obsessed." Right. I go, "No, I'm passionate right. about what I do." Right? right. Yeah. So I had to learn that there is a craft. Um, you come with some talent. You come with some ideas. You have something in you. I always say that if you wake up thinking about that thing and you go to sleep thinking about that thing, that in between space, it's your job to do something about it. Yeah. If you're religious like I am, if you believe in the higher power, then that's God speaking to you. Something has been put into your mind, into your yeah. brain. Whoever may have put it there, whatever you believe, mm-hmm. but it's in there for a reason. It's your job to honor it. Right. Honor it, honor it, honor it. And so the way you honor it is by doing the work. So for me, it was taking my butt to acting school and studying the craft of acting. And I'm still studying, by the way. So let that also be another lesson that, you know, success is never owned, it's rented, and the rent is due every day. Yeah. So despite my successes, I'm still looking to learn, always looking to get better. You know, I'd love to be something like the Latino version of Denzel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or The Rock or something. Like I still am aspiring to, to do those other things. You could always get into Lucha Libre, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's do it, bro. <laughs> Let's do it, bro. <laughs> I could see you on Monday nights, man. Nah. Yeah, man. Um, how important do you think is a positive mindset in achieving your goals and dreams? You just mentioned all those, um, you know, all those important qualities, right? So how important is mindset, you think? Mindset is everything. Mindset is everything. There's so many books about mindset. Um, It's something that, unfortunately, a lot of young people aren't taught. I know I was never taught about the power of the mindset, you know? Um, But I think it's critically important. I think there's so much literature out there that talks about this in different kind of ways. But what you do is you start to create an inner dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. So the words that are spoken to us, when they feel good, we know it. They're spoken about to us or about us and they're bad. We know that as well. The power of words that are spoken to us are those things. They're powerful. But the ones that we speak to ourselves in our mindset are equally, if not greater, more powerful than anything that anyone can ever speak to us. So by having a trained mindset, having dialogue, that we reprogram into our brains about who we are and what we're capable of. I can I can go on and on about how important that is. 
Yeah, it's so important, right? It's all about the mindset and all about uh, it all starts in between the years, right? <laughs> right. The, yeah. Uh, uh, general Mattis, a Marine Corps general, said the uh, the most precious real estate in a battlefield is right between your ears. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Great point. Great point there. Um, how important you think was, um, last couple of questions, important was, uh, you know, I wrote a book on networking externally, right? So for you, uh, you know, how important was it to you to network internally and, and being able to uh, understand relationships and have those relationships in the NYPD to help you, you know, pursue your dream? Uh, it's um, have. Yeah, so, you know, I work for the MTA PD. But the oh, MTA, MTA, MTA. Yeah, it's okay. The MTA, you know, having those relationships um it's you know i'm an unusual it's an unusual story mine you know <laughs> because most cops aren't talking about their next audition right right you know? right, right. They're, they're talking about hey i want to make detective what do i have to do right uh so i think i think it's a little bit different in my case um I guess if I had to make a comparison about the importance of those internal relationships, it's just having, whether it be, there's a famous saying, I'd rather have, you know, four quarters than a hundred pennies. Right. Right. So having those four quarters, those four really good friends that will yeah. support you, that will cover you, yeah. that will encourage you, um, you know, and, and, they're, and they're out there and they're like-minded, you know. Yeah. Um, they may want to get into something else outside of the job. So I think that was important. And I, and I try to always surround myself with people like that, you know, That's block the haters. Exactly. Yeah. Block all the haters. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> all right, my friend, where could people find you? Um, whether it's for real estate in general, whether it's acting, where could they find you? <laughs> I'm available uh, through my website, which is my name, jwcortez.com. But I'm also very active on social. I love social media. I've been using it a lot lately because I just became president of the Detective Rafael Ramos Foundation. Um, I guess for your viewers and listeners, um, just to recap that, in 2014, five days before Christmas, on December 20th, 2014, two police officers were sitting in their patrol car and a crazed lunatic with what I say is just pure evil in his heart. He, right. he shot and killed them. Right. And uh, that story resonated throughout America. It sent a shockwave that everyone felt. And um, I joined the foundation, which the, the widow, Maritza Ramos, she created in his honor right. um, about a year or so after. And then just this month, a few, few weeks ago, um, I became president of that foundation. And so using my celebrity and all of my connections with, you know, Dr. Borja and everyone else that I know. Thank you. Exactly. I hope to uh, continue doing the great work that the foundation has already done and just really expand it into like a tri-state movement, you know? Right. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. I know I remember that day well, that tragic um, accident um, that occurred or tragic incident, sorry, that occurred. So thank you. Thank you for everything you do for the community. We really appreciate it. You have no idea. Thank you so much. All right, man. So from that being said, J.W. Cortez, uh, thank you so much for, for your time. And uh, and hopefully you guys learn a little bit more about J.W. Cortez and, and everything he's doing. So thank you so much. Thank you, doctor. All right. Appreciate any, you. Anytime. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Dr. B Show, sponsored by 111 Spa and Aesthetics. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite platform.